welcome back to another episode of Rant Not Over. I'm the host, Brianna, and I am joined today by my friend, Ashley. She is a vet tech. She is uh, my fellow light-skinned. She is, I want to say an entrepreneur. I just feel like you do so many things. I um, We're going to get into it. Um, yeah, almost comedian. She's funny. She's great. She's genuine. She's independent. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I yes. appreciate it. I'm so excited. It's my I'm first s- podcast. <laughs> Everyone says that. Like, I feel honored. Um, I'm super excited to have you. We're basically talking about like trusting your gut and your intuition. Um, and I presented you with topics and you're like, oh, I want that one. So yeah. we're going to get into that and kind of how that like flows through your professional life, personal life, all the things. So let's start with professional. Tell people what you do and why you do it and kind of how it's progressed over the years. Um, so I am a licensed veterinary technician or veterinary nurse that we're trying to all get, get yeah, on board with. Right. Um, my whole entire life, I knew that I wanted to work with animals. Um, and I think that a lot of people think that the only track to work with animals is to become a veterinarian. So I was really lucky. Uh, I went to school for biology. And while I was in school for biology, I learned of all these other different tracks that you could do working with animals so I was super lucky um and then I kind of we can get into that story later but I kind of like found myself into in the veterinary medicine field and I've just been going with it I've been doing it for 10 years and I'm yeah I've been doing it for a really long time so I'm really happy that I trusted my gut (laughs) in the beginning to even like get into it um so I think that that's really it. <laughs> wow, I did not know you were doing it for 10 years. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, wait, do you want to tell people how old you are? Or is that oh, I'm 33. Okay. I'm 33 years old, everyone. She looks 23. <laughs> I remember when I first met you, because I met you through, it was like a few years ago, we were out. And I literally, you told me how old you were by the end of the night. And I was like shell-shocked. I was yeah. like, there's no way. Yeah, I'm old. I'm 88, baby. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so crazy. You literally look like you're 23. That's literally insane. It's okay. Um, <laughs> And so now you are a traveling vet tech, is that correct? Yeah, I'm a travel vet nurse now. I'm super excited. Vet nurse. Yeah. We gotta adopt that term. It's okay. (laughs) So how did that kind of come about and like what was that decision process? Like what did that look like for you? So basically, you want me to start from the beginning? Please. Okay, so like I said, I was in biology. I was like, man, I really want to work at a zoo. I want to work with exotic animals. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, I was really lucky. I got an eight-month internship at Pittsburgh Zoo and Aquarium. And I was just, like, kind of hanging out there working for free, (laughs) Um, like most people doing internships Uh, do. And then once I realized how hard it was to get a job in a zoo, because there's only one zoo per city, right? So think about that, right? There's only one major zoo per city. And then those people that have those jobs never leave. They have a family. They're settled down. So they never leave those positions. So I was like, man, this is going to be really hard to get into. What else can I do? And that was probably the first time that I trusted my gut when it came to my career, because a vet tech or vet nurse intern came over from the hospital and they were drawing blood on like sea turtles that we had been working on. And I literally looked at them and I'm like, I can do that. Mm. Like that's something I could do. And I literally enrolled in vet tech school probably within the next few weeks. Wait, I love that. Wait, I have a quick question on that. What, yeah. what was the difference between like your role working in a zoo versus like a vet tech or a vet nurse. So in a zoo, it's more of like an animal husbandry type position where it's like more animal care. So like you're caring, feeding, coming up with feeding plans, um, like uh, stuff for the animals to do Mm. and stuff like that versus the vet tech is a medicine field. So that's going to be like 
you bringing your dog to the vet, getting the shots, doing the blood and stuff like that versus someone who's just like feeding your dog, taking care of your dog. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So then you went to school Mm -hmm. for that. How long was that process? Two, 18 months. Okay. I was really lucky. Some people have to spend two years. I did an 18 month program. I was really lucky. Um, so once again, trusted my gut instead of going into like a regular practice where, like I said, they're doing shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to work at the university of Pittsburgh and their division of animal laboratory resources, uh, resources department. And I got to work with a whole bunch of monkeys. Unfortunately they were in animal testing, which that's like a whole nother situation. Um, like, so were they sedated most of the time? Not sedated, but they were, you know, they're caged and stuff like that, but we're really lucky. Like, a lot of people, obviously, animal testing is going to happen either way, but the people who are in the veterinary field in animal testing are there to make sure that the animals are taken care of as best as they could possibly be, so they're not being, like, used and abused sure. in normal ways. Um, so, yeah, I trusted my gut. Instead of, like I said, going into, like, a regular practice, I got to do two-month internship uh, there with the monkeys. Are you from Pittsburgh originally? Uh, yeah, we could we could say that. Okay. <laughs> I'm from yeah. Jersey. I'm from Jersey originally, but I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. Okay. My ratchetness comes from Pittsburgh. 100%. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, ended up uh, in school, graduated, moved to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So I spent eight years at an emergency animal hospital doing emergency work. Um, and when that came time to like slow down a little bit, it was really stressful, right. really toxic environment. Eight years. Yeah. That's eight a long years. Time to be in like a fast paced. Yeah. Kind of like with like, like yeah. And we get something called like compassion fatigue where like you're basically seeing so many like negative things happening. Yeah. It's like you kind of end up not caring or just like you're making yourself like numb to it. No, for sure. You have to, um, I mean, it's an unfortunate truth even with doctors as well. Like any time where you're constantly exposed to trauma you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. you kind of adapt to it. yeah actually uh the veterinary field has one of the highest rates of sui- uh, suicide rates no in way. any other field yeah it's crazy so Jeez. so I was like man this is really burnt out so like once again I went with my gut yeah. <laughs> I left and um I ended up at the Humane Society of Charlotte for two years in their uh high volume spay neuter so basically it's like a low cost spay neuter so like normal people can go get their dogs fixed without paying eight hundred dollars right. um and I was there for two years and then once again, went with my gut, and I, like, talked to my manager, and I was like, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, I was like, maybe I want to find a new career, or maybe I just want to, like, I just want to grow. I right. want to grow at my job, and this is not the place for me to grow, even though I love you guys more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then within the next month, I was um, referred and had a job with Veterinary Emergency Group, where I'm at now. Oh, on sorry. the first, yeah, on the first veterinary uh, travel veterinary nurse team. No that's way. ever existed yeah so. in charlotte or in general so they're not in charlotte yet they're coming okay. to charlotte in june but um i'm traveling between florida dc atlanta and new york texas california yeah i'm always in new york now I'm, so <laughs> I'm, so, I'm like are y'all hiring like am i in the wrong field <laughs> you're always going yeah so i really love it i'm so excited um but there's definitely a few times that I should have trusted my gut more, and I feel like I could have been further in my career had I not been scared right. to, like, just go with whatever feeling I had. For sure. And that's, I mean, that comes with experience and knowing that now you're at a point where, like, do you feel like you could have been here earlier? Is that your worry? Or do you think this isn't even your last stop? Like, are you mm. trying to go somewhere after I feel this? like everything happens for a reason. Yeah, for you sure. know, the company that I work for is fairly new, uh, so... I'm lucky that everything happened the way it did, Mm -hmm. or I might not have found myself in that position. But for example, like that job that I had for eight years was a very toxic environment. And I think a lot of people get stuck in these jobs 
because you love your coworkers, you love what you do, but you know you should be somewhere else and you don't leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though your gut's telling you, like, you should quit, you should move on. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I could have been probably making a lot of more, I could have been making more money <laughs> had I left sooner. Right. Um, and, but like I said, I'm not mad because, like, everything happens for a reason. And it turned out how it was mm-hmm. supposed to. And so, yeah, like I said, do you think this is your last stop heck no so i'm so lucky yeah, do you have like an so, end goal or like i don't have an end goal right now like my end goal is really just to like never work at all that's what i tell people mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like insane. honest like yeah i don't want to work <laughs> i just sure. do it because i have to <laughs> um sure. but my end goal right now is to grow with veterinary emergency group was the which is the company that i'm working for mm-hmm. they're like super expanding i mean they're opening up 20 hospitals over the next year um wow where there's assistant hospital manager positions, hospital manager positions, there's uh, positions open in their VQ or their headquarters. Um, so there is just, I'm definitely going to grow with this company at this point. Sure. Uh, and then we'll go from there. You want to stay with them? Like, mm-hmm. you just want to climb the ranks? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, so uh, right now I'm actually super lucky. They provide, like, they give us so much stuff. So right now I just joined their Veg MBA program, which is basically... Not a real MBA, but I get to spend the next year learning about finance, accounting, real estate, oh. uh, innovation, recruiting for positions and stuff like that. For free? For free. <laughs> for free. <laughs> for free. <laughs> um, but anyways, because, yeah, no, Veterinary Emergency Group, Veg, they, like, love us. So um, I got to do that, so I'm so excited because now I have, like, this new passion where I'm, like, eventually I'll come off the floor, which means like I won't be drawing blood and doing stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'll look more to like more leadership positions yeah. and stuff like that. And that's cool that they're giving you the opportunity basically to grow within their company. Like they're giving you the resources. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. They like pay you. They're like, here, do this. We just want you to be great. And yeah. we want you to love working here. And they're doing an amazing job of it. How new are they of a company? Uh, I believe that they started about three or four years ago. Okay. Please don't be mad at me if I'm wrong about that. <laughs> they started three or four years ago with David Bessler, who kind of went with his gut and was just not happy where he was working and was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own hospital. I'm going to start my own thing. Um, and it took off from there. And then he had a business partner come in, David Gladstein, um, and they basically found this funding, started like three or four hospitals, and then got another bigger funder and um, big funder and basically, or investor, excuse me, I'm using business words. They got a bigger investor, uh, and now we're going to be at like 30, 40 hospitals like by the end of the year. And everyone travels, like that's the concept of the company. Mm-mm. So the concept of the company is um, Veterinary Emergency Group is basically like a very transparent vet. So versus when you're going to the vet and you're in a room and they take your animal to the back and you don't see anything that happens and they just come and give you this bill where ours is one big giant room that everyone's sitting in. You see everything that's happening. You get to be with your pet throughout everything. If we hospitalize your pet, you get to spend the night with your pet. Um, you don't, we don't like, basically we don't have like those types of rules that other vets have. Whoa. Yeah. You just, like, get to hang out with us. If you want to hold your pet for some medical procedure, you can. Um, That's a crazy concept. Yeah. I haven't, like, heard nothing. Oh yeah. So people just get so much more value for your money. So instead of us handing you a bill and you're like, what did you do? Right. You Behind see, doors. Right. You see everything we're doing. We're not telling you that you can't be with your pet, your sick pet, while it's hospitalized. You can spend, we have, like, cots and stuff that we'll give owners, and they can, like, spend the night. But, like, if you want to spend the night, we don't do what you want you know what I mean like we find ways to say yes that's actually one of our spikes is like we find ways to say yes to owners 
to make them more comfortable. That's an insane, like, that's just, there's so much compassion behind that. Mm -hmm. Like, customer service is through the roof. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like our, yeah, our customer service is, like, pretty bomb. That's why you guys are growing, <laughs> uh -huh. obviously. That's insane. Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm glad you're not in a position where, like, you're happy about you. you can grow with. And that's just crazy that you... So I feel like as a kid, you know, everyone kind of has this idea of what they want to do and who they want to be when they grow up. We have no idea. We have no idea. <laughs> or mind. people will spend their entire lives thinking they want to do one thing, go to school, do yeah. it, and then they're like, fuck, now I'm stuck doing this and right. I want to do something and else. I hate it. Yeah. And, like, and it sucks because people feel like they don't have the flexibility to pivot and to do something else, but from the jump you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, I just wanted to work with animals. Right, why like, was that your passion? Like, I don't know, I was just like one of those geeky kids. My dad yeah. was really into animals. Like okay. every good report card, he'd just like buy me a new pet. Oh my God. I know, I was so lucky, I was so lucky. But I just like always loved animal and animal care. Mm -hmm. Now, same thing, now that I'm older, I'm like, mm, my back's hurting, my knees are hurting. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. From like lifting all these animals and stuff. So while I might still stay in the veterinary medicine field, um, I'll probably come off the floor when it comes to like caring for animals hands on. Um, but like my dream job still to this day is a personal assistant. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't want to make decisions. I just want to run someone's life. Whoa, like get coffee and like run yeah. meetings. Which is basically what I do as a vet tech, right? For like, for doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like their personal assistant. Yeah, you want to do it for like a famous person or something. Yeah, like I don't, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, Wait, I love that. Yeah. I mean, maybe one day, but also one day we'll you've see. You've done your due diligence in this field, and so rightfully so. Like you're not a 22 year old still trying to put your time in. Like you've right. done the time. Right. Grow. Yeah. And if your company's listening, <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> I bother them all the time. I'm like, hey. So like, there's um, a new uh, clinic opening up in Miami, so I might be applying for like a management type position there. Okay, and that would be stagnant like you're not going to be traveling. yeah i won't be traveling so i'm really lucky um i get to travel so our company also you know how people are overworked yeah Under, so i know how people are overworked overworked understaffed Underpaid. understaffed mm -hmm. so basically they came up with a travel team so their employees aren't going to be understaffed and overworked so we basically fly around to fill in the gaps at different hospitals to make sure that they're staffed how often are you traveling mm -hmm. i do 11 to 12 shifts a month which means I can be gone for three or four days a week or just depending on how everything works out. I could be gone for a week. I could be gone for three to four days. So it's just, it's up to us. Like we could work Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and I can stay in New York that entire time. Or if I wanted to fly home and fly back <laughs> in between, right. you know, on that Monday I could. Do or you work here? No. So remember that Charlotte location is going to yes. open in June. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. oh, so you're just flying around working. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the dream. And I get, I love it too because it's like no drama. Like I get to just jump into a, fa a family hospital and yeah. be like, hey, I'm here. Right. And help. And then I get to leave. Um, yeah. <laughs> versus like when you're working with the same people all the time, mm -hmm. it can cause um, a little bit more issues. I don't think it's as big of an issue at Veg just because of like their system and everything. But like, yeah, I just get to meet new people and just travel around and just help out. That's incredible. I love it. For you, Thanks. like I'm so happy for you. That's Thanks. literally amazing. Thanks. Um, and so we can segue a little bit, or I guess I just have like a question about your intuition in general and leading with it because I feel like not everyone has that same level of like I'm gonna listen to my gut. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they need a lot of outward mm -hmm. validation, all of these things. Do you feel like there are places in your life 
where you're asking more for opinions or validation as opposed to other places like professional versus relationship versus your own mental health and well-being like all of these things or do you feel like you're pretty even keel I know what I want I know what my gut tells me and I go with that um I think one of the things that I don't do when it when it comes to my gut is a is like you like imposter syndrome mm. you know what I mean like where I could have had management positions and done all this stuff before, but maybe I didn't think I was good enough. Like, I'm like, man, I should apply for that. But I'm like, mm. And I start having, like, all these secondhand thoughts, and right. then I don't do it, and I should have done it mm -hmm. type of situation. I think also, too, like, when it comes to relationships, I think a lot of people have gut feelings and then don't want to believe them, so they start, like, asking for advice and stuff from friends instead of just going with their gut. For and then, sure. like, you end up... <laughs> In a whole nother situation. Well, and that's what I was going to say earlier, but I wanted to, like, let you finish the parallel when you were, like, you know, you were in that toxic job for however long, but mm -hmm. you like the employees, you like the position, you know, all those things, but you know it's toxic. And I'm like, that is so many relationships that we know. <laughs> God is telling you to get the fuck out of there. Get out, and you're like, yeah. oh, here's <laughs> another year of my life. Yeah, you're going to take another year, please. <laughs> but, like, slowly dwindling, but that's kind of the reality of it. Not all the time, but yeah. I just think that's an ironic parallel of like oh it happens all the time I think people yeah. just get stuck because you're comfortable mm -hmm. I think people get stuck because you're comfortable and your gut's telling you to do something else but you're like but I'm comfortable here right like instead of like trying something new you stay where you're comfortable yeah. instead of like going with that gut feeling to like leave try something new try a new career right you know what I mean try dating a new person right try being by yourself yeah ugh <laughs> <laughs> I get it <laughs> I get it. <laughs> You're saying oh, about being by yourself. Well, by yourself or like trying to find someone new. I'm super picky. Mm. So like I, I hate so. trying to find like somebody else that I like. I had a really bad habit of just like, oh, if this didn't work out, I like, would go back to another ex yeah. that I already knew. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like where it was going. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, nah, I'd rather be alone. <laughs> a lot of people, they just, I hate the idea of like being, picky or being choosy it's like yeah this is a person i'm spending my time with i'm picky i'm picky i'm picky like i feel like i know if i like someone within five minutes of yeah. meeting them 30 seconds <laughs> so sorry i'm coughing i have like little allergies right okay. yeah no i woke up this morning my eyes were watering and my nose was like <coughs> rough um yeah, I think you should be picky. I think some people aren't picky enough. I think, but that's why I feel like some people don't have a gut, like how you just said in the first five minutes of meeting someone. First five minutes. You're like, I know whether or not I'm even interested, even friendships as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like not just romantic Oh, that's 100%. But, even when it comes to like females, you know if yeah. you like click with a female off the bat um, or if you don't. Right. Like with anyone, I feel like, I mean, 30 seconds, but that's why I'm saying I don't feel like not, like everyone doesn't have that gut feeling because there's just people that are just, friends with anyone and will go home and sleep with anyone you know what I mean like it's never I'm like do you not have a, a gut basically yeah to not have a gut where it tells them I don't know if it's like a vibe check that may sound kind of like cliche but you know what I mean of like oh this person is it's like if a man is cheating on you and you have a gut feeling uh, <laughs> you know and like you just know but yeah. you're like I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> I'm going to choose to ignore that feeling. Yeah, like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then, like, six months later, you're like, I was right. Yes, <laughs> I was right, you but know? I think that's what it is, too, how you said earlier. It's, like, it's avoiding or it's staying comfortable. Like, your gut is, you know when your gut is telling you something. And it's moving you towards the thing that's Or, like, I feel like what the issue is with women. Sorry, I'm still coughing, you guys. The issue with women is, if you go with your gut feeling, people call you crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, you're crazy. And it's like, 
Mm, am I? <laughs> am I or am I just right? Exactly. In your line. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I mean, in general, like in life. Like, yeah. I think women, they're like, oh, you're overreacting. Mm. Oh, like, maybe you should think this through. Maybe you're just jumping to conclusions. And it's like, Ooh. we're just having gut feelings. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, we're just having intuitions. I think, like, of the divine femininity. Like, we're just, we just kind of know. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Even professional, like, you think about if a woman were to make a decision, she's the boss, and, like, people are going to question her or tell her she's jumping the gun. If a guy made the same decision, it wouldn't be questioned. No. You know what I mean? And that's the point of an intuition is, like, there's no reason behind it. It's a subconscious just kind of act of, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel this way, and I've got to follow that, and I've right. got to go with it. You right, know? yeah. Have there been times, this may be super specific, um, that you have not trusted your gut feeling? 100%. And you... 100% for the exact reason that I just said. There's been a million times where I'm like, man, I can't trust this person um, or friends. I'm not even talking about relationships at this point where you're like, I, don't, I shouldn't be trusting this person or I probably shouldn't be doing this with this person. Right. And then it backfires. You're like, yeah. I should have gone with my gut. For sure. The first week. And what is it? Like red flags? Yeah. Just the like young kids are saying these days. <laughs> the children. How many times do you ignore red flags? Yeah. Red flag, red flag. And you're like, no, you give them, you give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. And it's like, you saw those flags and you chose to ignore them. Right. And move forward. So. And then you're just biting yourself in the ass at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. But I try to live life with no regrets. You know, you try to, you make mistakes and then you move forward and go from there. And you learn from them. I, I definitely understand. I just do think that. I just think you got to go with your gut with a lot of things. I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't. And I think it like festers in other ways because it's a physical feeling when you know that something is right or wrong or whatever. Right. And when you choose to ignore it, it just comes out in other ways. The greatest entrepreneurs went with their gut. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like the greatest entrepreneurs that exist that are like are alive right now went with their gut. Right. They didn't have a blueprint of people telling them what to do and this and that. It's yeah. just like, this is the feeling I'm going to take away. Or had people it. telling them that they were wrong, that they right. shouldn't try it. Right. You know what I mean? And they were like, no, I know that this is going to work. And they went with it. Yeah. You know? Ooh, that gave me goosebumps because I feel that I'm not one of the greatest entrepreneurs yet of all time. But, but you like, will be. <laughs> I just, I lead a lot with feelings and it doesn't make sense to other people. So it's hard to explain that, right? Like, because not everyone is meant to see the vision. I don't even see the vision yet, but oh, I kind of do. But I don't explain it to everyone because it's not meant for everyone to explain, right? They think you're crazy. They're yeah. like, mm, you're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's it happens a lot even just like to go back to like my job. It happens a lot in veterinary medicine. Like you'll get these people that come in and you'll have these gut feelings like mm, this dog is not doing well because of this or right. this dog. And you you play on that because we, weren't, we are knowledgeable. Right. You know what I mean? We have the skills to get us to the answers but we just have to kind of go with our gut sometime um i see vets do it all the time and they end up making the right decision when they go with their gut yeah okay so i guess let's go back to this because i'm interested because <laughs> you're not you're dealing with patients who cannot verbally communicate with yeah you. that's like our life so, <laughs> right so how is that as far as knowing i mean i guess yeah knowing what care like is it a lot of testing like uh, how does that look it, it really so at first everything first starts off with the triage usually the owners they're the owners are there because they know their pet best and they know that something is wrong with their animal right you know what i mean um a lot of the times they're like they're just off that's what they tell us they're just off uh just like not as energetic uh <laughs> not eating as much and like you want to be like these people are crazy right you know until then you do the exam 
you know, the, uh, the veterinarian thinks that the abdomen is tense, which means that they might be painful. Um, then you do their blood work and you're like, oh crap, this cat's in kidney failure. You know what I mean? Like people just know, they go with their gut feeling and know something's wrong with their animal and that's why they end up at the vet. And it's just our job to like not feel like everyone's crazy. <laughs> um, to know that that owner is there for a reason and then figure out why. Right. You know? What kind of animals do you take care of mostly? So at Veterinary Emergency Group, we are very lucky. We see cats and dogs, but we also do see exotics. Okay. Um, I got to see a turkey. No yeah, someone brought in their turkey, and you know, like a pet turkey. Yeah, and he just wanted to be like, "This lady's crazy," uh, but it she wasn't. Her turkey, something was wrong with her turkey. Oh you know God. what I mean? So it's just like, keep moving. Um, in Florida, a lot of people bring in like raccoons and baby possums and stuff like oh, that. Oh hell no! No, I hate possums. Really, they're so, so cute. Much. You've never seen the babies, dude. I can't do a possum. I remember one time I was hanging out with my friend. We were going outside, out back to smoke. And I go out there first, and I turn the light on. Oh, I have goosebumps thinking about it. There's a <laughs> possum sitting on the back porch table. It is the size of a cat. Yeah. I did not know they were that big. Yeah. Because it looks like a rodent, mm -hmm. and they're huge. I'm sorry if this is not what you want to hear. I know. You're oh, it's okay. But I can't. I mean, I froze. Oh, they're so, so cute. They're actually the most friendly out of all of them. Are they? Yeah, like raccoons are going to be a little bit more vicious, and possums are just like. They're like, hey. I, so my first possum that I came in contact with, I was volunteering at a wildlife rehabilitation center. Her name was Daisy. Um, she was missing, like, her front foot. So she had, like, a little peg leg. Aww. And she just, like, had her little own little area. And she just ate fruit and, like, her nuts and stuff like that. I think they eat, like, insects and stuff, too. Right. And, like, she was just so cute and sweet. And I think that's maybe why I have, like, a better uh, no, you because <laughs> it wasn't like a wild possum. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I see them. I like, mean, she was wild, but you know, crawling across the trees in my yard and shit like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. No, they're really cute. How I do like you them. Domesticate raccoons. You can't. Possums? They're not to be domesticated. <laughs> they're not to be domesticated. <laughs> um, they're not. But p people bring them in because they'll be like. I found this baby. <laughs> I found this baby in the backyard. Oh, and actually, they, okay, so they're yeah. not, like, trying to keep them, or they don't have them in no, the No, 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 okay. no. They'll just bring them in because, like, um, most vets will turn you away if you bring wildlife in. Mm. Um, they'll turn you away and be like, find a rescue, where we will at least stabilize it and get it to where it needs to go, for, like, for you, instead of, like, just telling you we can't help. And what do they do to bring it in? They're just like, I found it. Like, yep. do something with yep. it? Yep, yep, all the time. They don't want to take it home? Well, they can't, and they okay. shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. But uh, I think, like, in Florida, a lot of the people that worked at the vet that I was at um, in Tampa mm -hmm. were, like, certified rehabbers, or they just knew how to rehab things, and they would just, like, keep the possums and, like, rehab them themselves and, like, set them free. And then just let them go back yeah. into the wild. Yeah. That's crazy. What other kind of, like, domesticated pets have you seen? Other, other than that, wild? just ferrets, cats, dogs. Hmm. You know, I, I rode horses for a really long time, but we won't see any, like, large animal or anything. Right. And it's something that you can drive. Okay, in your car. Mm -hmm. I remember They'll bring snakes and stuff in, too, but okay. I, I have not personally had to deal with a snake exam. Do you have a fear of any animal? Roaches. <laughs> oh, I just got goosebumps. I don't, like, I don't like roaches. I don't like... Is that an animal, though? It's an insect. I mean, it's an insect. Uh, so I think, like, warm blood... Like, an, not really. No. Snakes freak me out a little bit, but, like, I can tolerate them. Right. I just don't – I'm not experienced with them right. enough to, like, feel 100% comfortable. But, no, I'll mess with everything. It's the bugs. 
It's the bugs that get. I don't like. Mm. Are you taking care of spiders? Is that absolutely okay? not? I don't no. think. I don't know. Like tarantulas. I don't know. Veg. I don't know if we see tarantulas or not. But I don't know if people think or know if something's wrong with their tarantula. I think they either just like <laughs> yeah, alive that. or die. I'm not sure. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. Um, but yeah, I don't know where people bring their tarantulas for like veterinary. No, that's very interesting. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so what's your favorite wild animal Ooh. that you've worked with? The, oh, that, like I've worked with medically? Yeah. Or in, like, a dream animal. Well, because you also worked... Um, so I was at the zoo. The so zoo the sea right otters, the sea otters are my favorite at the Aww. zoo. They're so funny. They're, like, little... But I like... Um, my favorite domesticated animal is a ferret. Okay. So, like, just, like, anything weasel-like, I think they're just so adorable and cute. I think skunks are really cute, too. I have not cared for them, but I know in Florida, which I know Florida has everything, but they have, they're like domesticating skunks in a weird way in Florida. They like descent them. They're like cats. What? Yeah. They like use a litter box. They like use a litter box and stuff. Oh, people actually have them in their homes. Yeah. That's insane. Like pet skunks. Yeah. That's a thing. Like, are cats not enough? I don't know. My cat's kind of annoying, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Holy but, shit, yeah, but at least it doesn't smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So what's, like, your dream animal if you could, like, meet or take care of one? I think I want to go on an African wild safari. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be, ta- <laughs> like, watching things eat each other, but, uh, like, to go, like, see giraffes where they're supposed to live and go right. see, like, the elephants where they're supposed to live would be really awesome. Right? Like, yeah. in their natural habitat? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that with the zoos, did you feel any, like, ethical or moral kind of no and there's a lot of people there's a lot of people that disagree with zoos and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and the way i think about it zoos have been around for at least like you know hundreds of years um and people would not have the love for animals as much as they've had if they had never been to a zoo you know like you go to a zoo when you're a kid and that's where you find your love for animals that's where you really start learning about the environment these animals are endangered and stuff like that. Um, So I feel like without the education of zoos and uh, we wouldn't have as much like people caring about animals, you know, type of situation. And you have to understand some of these animals have been, you, you can't release them back into the wild. You can disagree with maybe the breeding programs and stuff like that, but you can't put these animals back into the wild. So that's unfortunate. Um, but just know that the people who are working in the zoo are doing the best things possible to care for these animals right. in the situation that is given to them, you know? Sure. So it's, it's hard to be like, abolish all zoos. Okay, what is your plan to do with all of these animals when you abolish the zoo? Right. You, can, you know what I mean? Um, they can't be released. Yeah, I think they I found out. Survive. Yeah, I found out one fact. I think, like, sea otters... Um, the sea otters we care for at Pittsburgh Zoo and Aquarium, they costed $80,000 a year to feed and care for. One sea right? otter. Yeah. $80,000 a year. So, <laughs> just think about that when you want to abolish zoos. Like, are you going to foot the bill to care for this animal? Where are you right. going to put this animal? Right. You know what I mean? Type yeah, of situation. That's insane. I didn't think about that. I've just thought of, like, you know, the care. I mean, you've been to some zoos where you just see, like, the sad animals. You yeah. Know what I mean? and yeah. It's, and, oh, I get it. Like, a lot of the animals, um, so it's called enrichment, like, where you're, like, doing things to make them kind of happy or, like, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But a lot of the polar bears weave and, like, they pace. Yeah, pace. And stuff like that. Um, and just with, with everything happening, but there's nothing, it's hard, it's just hard to, it's, 
a positive negative type of situation. But like one day with the way things are going, because nobody cares, there's probably not going to be a lot of these animals left in the wild. You know what I mean? And it's like, what other option do you have? It's kind of like a preservation. Yeah. So like I said, it's preservation and conservation on the zoo's part. It's education, I think, is the most important thing. Um, And yeah, that's how I feel about it. So this is just coming from complete ignorance, but are you, not you personally, but like these animals, they're coming obviously from the wild. Are they getting them when they're babies? Are they already, you know, hurt or whatever? No, no, no. Like at this point, everything that's usually in the zoo is bred in like, you know what I mean? Like those polar bears have babies and they'll send it to another zoo, you know? So, but there's also things like Tiger King, (laughs) right? Because maybe people aren't, are thinking more of like those types of situations yeah. where animals are being bred and cared for for monetary reasons, right. that's completely different. Right. You know, so an AZA, American Zoo accreditation, is much different. Like the Pittsburgh Zoo, Philadelphia Zoo, you, Miami Zoo are going to be completely different than these private zoos right. that are doing a lot of this for personal, you know, yeah, gain. personal gains. For sure. Um, okay. That's completely different. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad. I just, I never knew. Yeah, know, like Tiger King, like where they were just breeding them just to have the babies so people could take pictures with the babies. Mm. Then what happens to the babies? Where are these babies going? Type of situation. Where are the babies going? Well, care. I think like, I think in one of the, and this is, I'm so sorry. And this is like in one of the documentaries, they were assuming that maybe they were euthanizing the, the babies after they were too old. Instead of, yeah, so. Because he didn't want a bunch of adult cats like you just wanted right so like who knows what they do with these animals but that's why i have to be really careful with private zoos and there's nothing against some private zoos but there's a there's definitely a big difference between a private zoo and an aza accredited zoo right that's in each city that makes me sad it's unfortunate yeah i mean it's unfortunate it's it's everywhere though it's not just here like in other countries um i think like they tell you to be really careful when you go to Thailand. You know how everyone like rides the elephants? Yeah. There are some places that are doing that for profit, okay. for personal gain, and they're not treating the elephants the way that they should be right. versus other places that are rescues and sanctuaries. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the places that you should go. Right. Some are like a tourist trap. and then some Right. Are Just like in New York, they still have carriage rides. Right. Uh, and a lot of those animals, horses. a lot of those horses are not treated appropriately. A lot of those are probably privately owned. Yeah, right? Like, right. Right. So like I said, there's a big difference between like people who are really doing it for education and and you know, awareness versus people who are doing it for their personal gain. So I think like people just need to like put their focus. <laughs> people are like, "Oh, I hate zoos." And it's like make sure you're putting your focus in the right hate, yeah. you know, and hating the right people because right. the people, like I said, at these other zoos that I've worked with, taking care of those animals is their like entire life. Yeah, like you said, they don't leave. Like, they're <clears throat> right. not there because they hate animals, right? right. They're there because they love them. They right. See them right. And I think a lot of people them. do love them. Yeah. You know, uh, but sometimes it's just more for personal gain. For sure. Than others. I love zoos. I've just always felt conflicted. I think just because there is that narrative of like, you know, it's unethical, all of this and that. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always loved going to a zoo. I get it. I think it's like even worse. Like I said, I worked in animal research before, and I think it's it's definitely worse there because like these monkeys are in cages. They Mm -hmm. never leave these cages for their entire life. Um, 
and hopefully one day we won't have animal testing or there won't be a need for it. But at the end of the day, right now, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. So be thankful there are people in place making sure that these animals are getting the best possible care that they possibly can. And their situation. Right. Are you allowed to say what they were being tested, like, for? Um, they get tested for all different types of vaccines. You know, like the COVID vaccine, that's probably getting tested on primates. You know, like, everyone wanted this vaccine. How did you think you were going to get it without having human testing right, right off the bat? Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, like I said, the same people who are like, we want these vaccines and stuff. Where do you think they're doing the testing for this? Probably the same people that are... That are probably like, they're testing on monkeys! Yeah, you know, uh, like, type of situation. Um, I was really lucky. I got to work with a uh, diabetic colony. So basically it was like all these older monkeys that had diabetes and we would do like blood glucose testing on them for insulin testing for humans, you know? So, but we were lucky those monkeys got to live out their lives. You know, they weren't euthanized at a certain age or anything like that. So yeah, they, they have testing. They have testing for pigs on cats. There's stuff that they test on cats, dogs. It's, it's like crazy. It's crazy. It is insane. Mm-hmm. It's all for the benefit of the human race. Right. And, and depending on what country you're in, you know, um, uh, the U.S. has certain standard of, like, how much you're allowed to test or, like, what specifically you're allowed to do for testing for these animals. And some of that is not in other countries. So there might be other countries where animal testing's going on, and it's not going to be as humane as what the, the U.S. is providing. Right. Because we have those, like, parameters. Right. Like, yeah, I get that. I mean, they probably don't even have... What was your position when you were there? Uh, oh, I was an intern. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, we, it was a division of laboratory animal resources. And, like I said, we were working for Pitt, mm-hmm. which University of Pittsburgh is, like, a huge school. It's a huge medical school. And, basically, they would have these researchers come in. that They come in with a plan. This is the plan that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And they have to get it approved. And then they get the animals. And then, they, like, they go from there. But you were there, like basically ensuring yeah so we would walk through all of like the cages and all of the animals and make sure that they all looked good if Mm -hmm. we flagged anything then they had a certain amount of days to like get in there and help that animal like treat that animal or do what they needed to do Mm -hmm. that's so insane you've Mm -hmm. done so much i'm trying (laughs) (laughs) in your lifetime like that's incredible yeah oh good for you yeah thanks well do you have any other like closing words about intuition your gut animals definitely trust it i feel like really the biggest thing is is if you're not happy where you are be it in a relationship in your job in life and your gut's telling you to try something new and do it just do it like don't lean into it right like don't fight it Mm -hmm. because you could be so much further in life if you had just trusted it to begin with I'll end with another example. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. Example is, is how many people want to move to a different city? How many people want to move to Miami, want to move to New York and move to a different city and start over? But you're like, ah, I'm raising my hands. I just don't want to. Right. Right. I was reading an article the other day. They were like, if you change cities, you can advance six years in your career, depending on what city you go to. Wow. Right. So like if you were to move to New York, you're going to get further because there's more opportunity. Sure. If you move to Miami, you might get further faster because there's more people and more opportunity versus Charlotte. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, like, if you're feeling like you want to do something like that, just do it. Don't hesitate because then you're going to be, like, 33 like me. And you're like, I could have moved to Miami five, six years ago. And you know what I mean? Now I'm in this position. So we only have one life to live. So, like, definitely just go with it. 
Where do you want to move? That. I think I am moving to Tampa in September. Yo, Tampa's nice. Yeah. Tampa's nice. I've been working. <laughs> no, for real. I've Shout been working. Tampa. Yeah, I've been working in Tampa. It is so, so nice. They're actually opening up a new hospital in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg. <gasps> Love that. Yeah, we're looking like St. Petersburg, Clearwater. Yeah. Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, Treasure Island. It's my favorite. Okay. It's my favorite beach there. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been nerve-wracking. Since college, I've wanted to move to California, and then I'm just like, no. put it off, put it off. No, absolutely not. The water's cold. Yeah, the yeah, water's, water's cold, no, the water's and the crazy. pollution's bad, and then, like, you're in traffic. Like, literally, they'll be like, oh, can you go uh, 10 miles away? An hour. Yeah, minimum. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely no, not. I get that. I, I, <laughs> I love the, I don't want to say aesthetic. That's not the right word. I love, like, just the energy of California. Yeah, I like the vibe. The vibe. They're right? all in Miami now, so. Are they? Yeah. During quarantine, know. everyone left. I don't know if I can move to Miami. That's I what a lot of people say. really distracted. <laughs> That's what a lot of people you say. I mean? But yeah, though, Tampa's that. nice. I wish you luck, man. Thank I wish you, you luck. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah. And I, like you said, I just think it's, I think why a lot of people regret things when they're older, 40, 50, 60 even, you know, on their deathbed when they're 80, like, I wish I would have done that. Or I had the opportunity to do it and didn't take and it. Did, right. Had the opportunity and didn't because yeah. that's your gut telling you, like, you didn't do it and you missed out on an opportunity on growth. Whether or not it would have been the right opportunity, you wouldn't know unless you took that leap. Yeah. Faith. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I say do it. We only have one life. I'm such a proponent of that, even though I don't always do it. I don't <laughs> encourage it in others. Yeah. Like, take that leap because it's going to take you somewhere that you couldn't stay where you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, here's to being uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) and listening to our gut and intuition and just leaning into that shit. Yeah. That's awesome. It knows what it's doing. Yeah. It's like the sign from the universe. I don't know if you're like a spiritual person, but. Oh, I am. Yeah. I'm spiritual for sure. It works out. It works out. Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't, you'll figure it out. Right. 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 Hopefully. Like you're going to be able to get a job anyway, right? Yeah. Maybe not what you're doing, but. If you're moving, yeah, just do it. (laughs) Just do it, it. man. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You move back. (laughs) Exactly. Always come back. Right. You can't always go, but you can always come back. Exactly. I love that. Well, end on that note, y'all just listen to Ashley. Take our advice. If it doesn't go well, don't uh, DM us about it. (laughs) If it goes well, tell us about it. But thank you again for listening. Thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. It's a great conversation. Oh yeah! Oh, and my Instagram. My Instagram oh, yeah, is uh, no. My yeah, plugging. No, my Instagram is Ashley Vet Tech for any of you that are interested in veterinary medicine, um, and or just like to see pictures of puppies and kittens. I have lots of that on there. But yeah, at That's Ashley Vet at Ashley Vet Tech. And all of her adventures because she's in literally Manhattan every week. So That's me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you again for coming on. And thank y'all for listening. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>